I believe God can take away fear. I believe God can take away pain. I believe God can do a healing in this place today. But I'm not preaching today, and you should be thankful because it's hot as here. It was out in Oklahoma last week. But it is uh, my pleasure and my honor to bring my friend, Brother Daniel Walter from Chester, right? Not Richmond. Chester, Virginia. These are on our men's department uh, team, and it, he's no stranger to T.O.P. He's been here several times. I'm telling you, you're going to get ready to get blessed by a great word, by a great man of God. Brother Walters, come. God bless you, sir. Why don't you give God a hand clap of praise all over this building? Somebody clap your hands like you really love Jesus. Somebody clap your hands like he woke you up this morning, starting you on your way. I'm loud you will see a day that wasn't promised to any of us. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's good to be in God's house with you, brothers and sisters. There's no other place I'd rather be than in the house of God. I, I tried it my way for a while. I've done my own thing for years. And the only thing that it got me was three bullet wounds and nine stab wounds. So uh, I got tired of trying it my way. And I found a friend that would stick closer than any brother. And when I found that friend, he changed my life. Gave me a new destiny, a new plan. And I'm honored today to be here amongst friends. I give honor to Pastor Windsor, his family, and everyone that it takes to make up this gathering of God's good-looking people. I honor you today. I feel the Holy Ghost. I told some of the brethren as I was walking in here today that I feel like I'm plugged into about 220, so y'all just going to have to try to hang on to me for just a little while. <laughs> if you have your Bibles with you, you go with me today rather quickly to the book of Ezekiel. Book of Ezekiel. We will in short order begin our reading in the 37th chapter starting at verse 1 and we'll read throughout the 10th verse. Again, Ezekiel chapter 37 and verses 1 through 10. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. I'm quite sure that the majority of you have heard time and time again, but we're going to try to dig something else out of it today. If you have it with everyone in the house of the Lord, say amen. The Bible reads here in verse number 1 of Ezekiel chapter uh, 37, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them around about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, 
can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and will bring upon flesh, bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus say the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. My contribution, and the Lord's really going to have to help me because I really want to preach today. My contribution with the help of the Lord and the response from his people will come to us today in the form of a question. The question that I would like to pose to you all and the title of this message today is what to do with dry bones. What to do with dry bones. You may be seated in the matchless name of the Lord. From the very introduction of this sermon today, I want to begin by telling you all that I did not come, I did not drive the two hours all this way to simply preach a feel-good message. Hmm. I didn't come here today with a canned sermon that you could just preach any and everywhere just for the sake of preaching, but I came with a word from God for this house today. I walked in here today with a prophetic anointing on my spirit and a prophetic word of the Lord in my mouth. I came with an assignment from God to declare and to decree that today is the day of resurrection and restoration. Came to tell somebody that it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. Ah, oh God, I'm here today to prophesy to you that transformation is coming to your house. 
you've got to understand that there is nothing too hard for the God that we serve. There's nothing too hard. I don't care what the devil may have been reverberating in your ear in your time of trial, but there isn't anything, hear me well, that is too hard for our God. I, I don't know what your situation may be, your storm, your disagreement, your dispute, your dilemma, your predicament, your problem may be here tonight, today, but I can tell you that the God that I serve is bigger than all of that. The God that I serve can turn a Red Sea into a major highway. He can cause fresh water to flow out of a hard rock like a river. My God, he can open the blind eye. He can unstop a deaf ear. He can make a, the lame stand up and walk straight. He can restore missing body parts. He can burn cancer right out of your body. He can raise the dead. If the God that we serve walked on water, if he calmed the raging seas, if he fed the multitude with a little bitty sack lunch, uh, surely he can save a drug addict. Surely he can save a prostitute. Surely he can save someone who don't know. Surely I wish I had a church. I told you I didn't come to play games today. If the God that we serve is as powerful as we say is surely he can reach down and touch somebody and save their soul right in the midst of the muck and the mire. I, I come to tell you that if God can do that surely if he can touch you if he can touch me he can touch those who are not in this building he can raise them up and bring, he can turn a prostitute into a praise singer. He can turn a dope dealer into a preacher. I, I, I'm a living witness. He turned a dope dealer and to a preacher, I'm a, you, so you came too late to try to tell me that God can't because I'm a living witness that he can. You just got to have the kind of faith and trust and belief and understanding that our God is more powerful than anything. Woo! I wish I had a church in here today. Mm, uh, please sit down and be good. I'm trying to lay a foundation. Give me about three or four or five minutes. We're going to work something out here. I promise you today. Yes, uh, yes, ma'am. Our opening scriptures, our opening scriptural text today begins with the prophet Ezekiel saying that he set me down in a valley full of bones. Notice with me that the scriptures are very clear that this valley is filled with bones. It does not say bodies. It strictly says bones. So to me, that is not a very good or an encouraging picture. It's not like the house on the hill that is so serene. There are some places that I drove through today are coming and this morning that big old houses sitting on hills and it was very beautiful. But this picture was not that type of scenery. This valley is filled with bones. This picture that is, I believe is uh, being portrayed to us is a picture that is speaking of brokenness. It's a, a picture that speaks of separation. It's a picture that speaks of confusion, a picture that speaks of disorder, and of course, very real pain. Uh, uh, yes, this scene should tell you and I that there has been a very violent encounter that has created great chaos chaos and great destruction and great misery and especially some great pain. 
I need to push the pause button. I know young folk, they, they may not know anything about pause buttons, but back in my day, we had a tape player. They don't know nothing about that, Pastor Windsor. We push the pause button so we can go back later, but they, they don't know nothing about that. But I need to push the pause button right now here to tell somebody because I understand that I, I'm not just preaching, but I'm talking to somebody right now who knows exactly what I mean. You have personally experienced something in your very own life that has caused brokenness. It has caused you separation and it has brought this order, this pain into your life. These bones in your life has left you very hurt and unimaginably confused. The Bible says that these bones here were very dry. In other words, what it is saying here to us is that the joy of living was gone. We must understand today that when the Bible speaks of moisture and when the Bible speaks of water, oftentimes it is speaking of life. In the book of Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 22, the Bible says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bone. The term broken here, it means wounded. The term means smitten and afflicted. So these bones speaks to us of lives that have been wounded. These bones here in this text speaks to us as hearts that have been broken, families that have been smitten, and relationships that have been afflicted. I know most of us walked in here today. You're looking good. You're smelling good. You got your hair in. You got your Pentecostal do up. You got your shoes, nice shiny shoes on a nice suit. Uh, most of us had smiles on our faces when we got here. But the truth of the matter is that somebody here today is hurting. Uh, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we as Pentecostals, we, we have a good Pentecostal mask that we put on every Sunday. And we walk into God's house like everything is A1. Everything is A-OK. And you 100, young people say you're Gucci. You, you just, you straight. You ain't nothing wrong. But I know better than to believe because I know what I feel in my spirit. Somebody in this house is hurting. Yes, yes. You're hurting. You're hurting somebody listening to me. Somebody listening to this message is smiling on the outside, but you are crying out from a dry place on the inside. You've been wounded, yes. You've been suffered a broken heart. You've lost the moisture of life. The joy of living is gone, and you're here just going through the motions. The problem in a lot of our churches is that many people, many times, people uh, who have suffered losses and have been hurt and have been wounded have never gotten healed from their hurt or their wounds. But if a wound does not heal, it will become infected and poison will begin to set in and enter the body and get into the bloodstream. And if that is not caught soon enough, it will kill you. Please believe me here this morning when I say that I'm not criticizing anybody. Believe me when I tell you that I'm not uh, putting
letting anyone down and neither am I making light of anyone because it happens to everybody. Oh, they may never admit it, but let me be the first to tell you. It happens to pastors. It happens to evangelists. It happens to prophets, to teachers and preachers because we're, we're just like everybody else. We're all people. And if you live long enough, somebody is going to do something that's going to hurt you. If you I wish I had some real folk up in here today that, that would that just for a little while take the mask off. Somebody is going to hurt you. If you live long enough, somebody is going to break your heart. If you live long enough, somebody is going to lie on you. Oh, yes, even those that see my tatamatai and he coming on a Honda and uh, do their little dance, maybe sitting beside you right now. Yes, they just might lie on you. Uh, oh, yeah, church folk lie too. Don't get it twisted. Church folk lie. They tell some of the biggest and best lies known to humanity. Uh, uh, yeah, somebody's going to lie on you. Somebody is going to steal from you, cheat you, abuse you, take advantage of you, and say something stupid to you that is going to wound you up. Yes, yeah, there's been many times, I'm being honest, Pastor Windsor, there has been many times that I just wanted to ball my fist up and see how far I can stick my fist down the throat. Uh, but thank God for grace and mercy and uh, uh, I'm still saved but I'm still flesh I'm, I'm still you know uh, y'all pray for me I ain't made it to where some of y'all at now I, I have to sometimes to anoint myself and say Lord take put a bridle on this tongue because ah uh, yeah, yeah I know I know I know y'all been saved all your life it's all good but I ain't there yet hope y'all keep praying for me I'm still climbing up on the rough side of the mountain uh, yes, uh, but I'm here today to tell you that sometimes I, I just have to walk away to keep my sanity. Sometimes I have to walk away to keep my Holy Ghost. Sometimes I just have to, I just have to do it. Uh, and that's called life. And if you don't get healed, your heart will become dry, callous, and hard. You will become dull, insensitive, and indifferent. Before you know it, you'll find yourself just going through the motions and playing the role uh, here in our text God supernaturally divinely and sovereignly deposits this prophet into the middle of a tremendous misery he dropped him there in the middle of chaos and then tells him to prophesy to this chaos he said you prophesy you prophesy to this stuff and in Ezekiel chapter 7 verse 7 Ezekiel prophesied and he was commanding and to prophesy in this context means to boldly declare audibly what was being revealed to the divine will and purpose of God in a particular situation and a particular circumstance. And as the divine revealed will and purpose of God was being declared over those dead dry bones, their Bible says that there was a noise. That's the reason why I can't stand dead church. I cannot stand church that is so silent that nothing is shaking and nothing is moving. You couldn't hear. You could hear a mouse licking ice. It should never be said at a Pentecostal church that is not noisy, that is laid back, and that is um, we, we've become so seeker friendly that we're losing our identity. The devil is a liar. 
I'm Pentecostal. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm, I'm a Pentecostal in experience. We are loud. We're noisy. We get down. If you don't believe me, you need to come check out my church. They turn flips. They run aisles. They, they really dance. They two-step. They jitterbug. They stanky leg. They do it all. Y'all, y'all I'm telling you. They, they, they crazy over there. But I, the way I tell them is that what you praise God in whatever experience, your own unique personal experience. You don't have to be like nobody else. You don't have to dance like nobody else. You don't have to look like everybody else to express yourself to God. So hear me again today. It should never be said about a Pentecostal church that there is no noise there. That's just a by the way. Oh, uh, yes. The Bible said that there was a noise. It doesn't say what kind of noise it was, but I believe that it was the noise of bones clashing together. The Bible says that there was a shaking. In other words, there was a work that was taking place deep inside of those bones. And I cannot help but to believe that these bones were shaking under the power of God that was being released from the prophetic utterances of Ezekiel. That word got into those bones. Somebody asked, can the word get into your bones? The prophet Jeremiah said it could, for Jeremiah said, your word was like fire that shut up in my bones. As these bones were shaken, they began to move around and they began to knock up against each other. To put it into another perspective, there began to be some fellowship and communication where there have been complete isolation, separation, and division. Y'all ain't hearing me today. Let's make it more plain here. Ah, yes, right here, right now, there was contact and communication. Ah, yes, I'm pushing that pause button yet again to tell somebody that just because you are in the same place at the same time does not mean that there is real fellowship and real communion between brother and sister. Ah, just because you belong to the same church don't mean that there is perfect communication and perfect fellowship one to another. Just because you are singing from the same song books and listening to the same sermons doesn't mean that you love each other. There are families that live under the same roof that seldom ever speak to each other. They never sit down to dinner together, not because they're so busy, but because they simply do not want to. Ah. <sighs> There are husbands and wives that sleep in the same bed but, reason, but resent being touched by each other. There are people sitting in our churches today that cannot stand one another. They sit opposite sides of the church and, and cut their eyes over back and forth and criticize everything they see each other 
do. There are people sitting in our churches all across the world that have unforgiveness, resentment, and bitterness in their hearts. There are people sitting in our churches today that resist and resent anything fresh, resist and re, um, resent anything new, and they rebel against anything different from what's always been. These bones, my brothers and sisters, represent a church that is in a mess. These bones represent lives that are full of strife, envy, and confusion. Where there is competition, pride, and resentment, uh, there's also rebellion and selfishness. And the end result, God calls it Ichipon. It's Ichipon which means the glory has departed. The spirit is gone and the life is gone. The joy is gone. The anointing is gone. Everything's dead and dried up. But while Ezekiel prophesied, the Spirit of God began to do a work. It began doing a work from the inside out. My brothers and my sisters, I have discovered that church folk have learned how to hide their stuff. Uh, church folk are better than Houdini. They can pull a disappearing act on their stuff faster than any and everything. Yes, we church folk have learned how to hide their stuff. We have learned how to have pride. We have learned to have unforgiveness in our hearts and resentment in our hearts and still get up and shout on Sunday morning. Uh, we have learned how to dress up rebellion in religion and tradition and oppose anything God tries to do. I don't know what your reason for being dry is today. I don't know if somebody hurt you. I don't know if somebody took advantage of you. I don't know whether or not you just decided that you were just going to be resentful, selfish, and rebellious. I don't know if somebody broke your heart and now you're callous, indifferent, and dry, but I do know that the same God that brought these bones back to life is right here right now. Oh God, I wish I had a church in here. Ah, oh, yes. I feel the Holy Ghost. Ah, we we like to get, but the Christians and we like we love it. We we like to get all excited about what we see happen to those bones. But baby, I'm just as excited about what we couldn't see happening on the inside of those bones before the sinews, before the flesh, before the skin came along. There was an inner healing that took place in those bones. While the prophet was prophesying, well, yeah, something was happening in the realm of the spirit, in the hidden place. While Ezekiel was prophesying, confusion was leaving. While Ezekiel was prophesying, anger was leaving. While he was prophesying, brokenness, hurt, disappointment was leaving. While he was prophesying, criticism, jealousy, selfishness, pride, and competition was 
leaving. What I'm trying to tell somebody today is that God doesn't do a halfway job. It's not about you looking good. It's not about you knowing how to have church. It's not about you knowing when to shout. It's not about when you knowing when to cry, when to dance, when to lift your hands. It's about you being healed and restored. Oh, God, help me in this place. It's about the joy of the Lord that truly is your strength. It's about having the Spirit of God on the inside flowing through you like a river. It's about a life that glorifies not you but God. Some of you in this house today needs to scream from the top of your lungs. You need to scream, I choose to be healed. I've cried long enough. I've hurt long enough, but I choose to be healed. Why don't you touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor that your healing is in this house. Your healing is in this house today, and I choose to be healed. I choose to be healed. I choose to forgive. You can hurt me, but you can't hold me hostage. I choose to forgive. I choose to be merciful. I choose to be understanding and kind. I choose to believe the best about everybody. I choose to because I can see your heart. The people sitting around you today cannot see your heart, but God sees and knows your heart. And what you and I can see is just as important as more uh, as are more important than what we do see. Before the bones could be brought together as a mighty army, God, uh, as a mighty a mighty, exceedingly great army uh, of God. These bones had to be healed. Every broken piece had to be healed. All the hurt had to be healed. All the anger had to be healed. The resentfulness had to be healed. The critical spirit had to be healed. Unfortunately, unforgiveness, I mean, had to go. Jealousy had to go. Strife had to go. Rebellion had to go. Before these bones could ever come together, they had to be healed on the inside. This, my brothers and sisters, is still true today. There are many churches that form from the outside appearance have, a, have got it all together. They look good from the outside. They have the form and the structure, but inside they're messed up because they have let malice and strife and resentment and unforgiveness get in, and now they're just going through the motions. How many marriages today are just going through the motions? How many of God's people have lost their first love? How many have lost their hunger? How many have lost their passion? passion for God and are now just going through the motions. I did not come to criticize anybody. I did not come to accuse anybody or put anyone down in here today. I came to tell you what to do with dry bones. And I came to prophesy to you. I came to prophesy to the dry bones. I came to prophesy life. I came to prophesy restoration. I came to prophesy healing. I 
I came to prophesy a new beginning. I came to prophesy that you shall live and not die. And you're going to declare the wondrous works. I wish I had somebody in here that believed what I was trying to tell you today. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Ah, yes, tonight, this morning, today is your day of restoration. Today is your day of resurrection. Ah, marriages are going to be resurrected today. Yes, ministries are going to be resurrected today. Yes, friendships are going to be resurrected today. Your dreams that you put on the back shelf are going to be resurrected resurrected today. Ah, can these bones live? I wonder, can these bones in top live today? Ah, yes, can these bones live? The answer is yes, they can, and yes, they will, because the healing power of God is in this house right here, right now. The healing power of God is beginning to flow through this place at this very moment. All you have to do is really open up the spirit and God will touch you in that place that you try to hide. Pull back the shades today on that dry place. Open up the curtains on that wounded place today and God will flow through and take care of the need. Today is a day of resurrection and restoration. The spirit of God is moving into the secret places of your heart because the healing oil of God, the anointing, is saturated some bones today because rejection is, is being healed. Anger is being healed. Unforgiveness is being healed. Bitterness is being healed. Hatred is being healed. Fear is being healed. Confusion is being healed. Disorder is being healed. The wind of God is blowing through this place right now. What do you do with dry bones? You simply prophesy to the wind. Prophesy. <laughs> prophesy to the wind. Prophesy. You need to prophesy to your dead situations. You need to prophesy to those things that are not going right in your life. You need to prophesy to those anger issues. You need to prophesy to your family situations. You need to prophesy to your bank account. You need to prophesy to your body and declare that I am healed. God, I, I wish I had a few more of you in here that knew how to prophesy to your situation because the wind is blowing today. The wind is blowing. Somebody in here needs to prophesy to your hurt. You need to prophesy to your pain. You need to prophesy to your disagreement. You need to prophesy to your problem. You need to prophesy to your predicament. Prophesy to your storm. Prophesy to your test. Prophesy to your situation. Situation. Prophesy to your storm. Prophesy to your valley. Prophesy to the devil and tell that devil you can't win because I've got God on my side. 
Prophesy. Prophesy. Yes. We need to prophesy to the wind and tell the wind to come from the four corners and breathe upon these slain that they may live. The wind is blowing in this house. The wind is blowing through this place. It's blowing out discouragement. It's blowing out the fear and anxiety. It's blowing out stress and worry. It's blowing out hopelessness and confusion. It's blowing out sickness and depression. Somebody needs to lift your hands up right here, right now in this moment and tell God you need the wind to blow right now. You need to invite the breath of God to blow through your lives right here. There's resurrection in this house. There's restoration in this house. There's transformation in this house. God is building his arming. So what they left. Prophesy fresh new blood. God is building a church. He's building an arming and he's putting together a bunch of broken, wounded, angry, hurt, frustrated, hateful, stubborn, selfish, and old dry bones together to make them into an exceeding great army. Some of you know what it feels like to have to cry yourself to sleep at night. Some of you know how to know how it feels like to have your face laying on a soaking wet pillow because you've cried yourself to sleep. I'm here tonight to tell you that God has seen your tears and the wind is about to blow in your situation. You just got to open up your mouth and prophesy this army that God is creating here at T.O.P., at the original Pentecost. Apostles. This, this, this church, this army is made up of lives that have been healed, that have been restored, that have been renewed, that have been revived, that has been transformed, that has been set free, made whole, and complete in Christ. And I came by here today, just like Ezekiel did, to prophesy to these bones. I came to prophesy to the bones that have lost their joy, bones that have been hurt, bones that have been mistreated, bones that have been lied on, bones that have been betrayed, bones that have become discouraged and frustrated, bones that have forgotten how to love, bones that have forgotten how to dream, bones that have settled, bones that have adjusted to life of mediocrity and low living. I came to prophesy to you and declare to you with the prophetic authority that it ain't over yet. God is still working on you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. God is speaking to your heart right now. You need to go ahead and just follow what you feel. I'm not even going to try to finish this. Go home. If you feel it, go ahead and make your way toward this altar right here, right now. I promise you, if you have enough faith to get up out of your seat, God has enough strength to take care of your situation. If you have enough faith to get out of your seat and believe that God can, God have enough strength to take the 
feet take the, all the, uh, the feet out of strength. He has the authority to take everything out of the way and make your way plain for you. Somebody in here today is hurting. Somebody in here today is having pain. Somebody in here don't understand why it had to be you. Somebody up in here today don't understand why you had to go through it, why they had to lie on you, why they had to do what they did to you. But I'm here today to tell you the wind is blowing and God is putting it all back together. Yes, you will love again. Yes, you will dream again. Yes, you will sing again. Yes, you will laugh again. You will preach again. You will get your joy back. I know I'm talking to some people. Yes, you took a good hit. And the devil thought he won. The devil hit you hard and it knocked the breath out of you. But God said he's breathing new life into you today. Can these bones live? Can they ever be what they were intended to be? Will they ever be the mighty army of God? Yes, they can. Yes, they will. Yes, they are. You just got to prophesy to the wind and speak life into your situation. Yes. Come on up in here today. Come on, somebody. You need to understand that God knows exactly where you are. You need to understand that God sees you right where you are. He knows your tears. He knows your heart. He knows what you have been through. He knows exactly what you're going through even now. You just got to have the kind of faith and strength and understanding to know that God cares. Oh, God cares for you, my brother. He cares for you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows what you have been through through. He knows the pain that you feel. He knows. He knows how people have made you feel. But God sent me here today to let you know that the wind is blowing in your life. The wind is blowing in The wind is blowing in your life, my brother. Come on. Open up your heart in here today. Open up your spirit in here today. And allow the wind of God to touch you like never before. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves you. He loves you enough to die for you. He loves you enough to, that he rose up on the third day so that you don't have to experience death in him. He loves you enough to send somebody here to, to let you know that he knows exactly where you are and to tell you that he sees your tears. He sees your pain. He understands your trials. But he's speaking when he's speaking life into your situation. He's declaring that you shall live and not die. That you're going to make it through this. You're going to make it through this. If the devil could have killed you, he would have killed you. But since you're here, since you're here, that's proof enough that the devil can't stop you. The devil can't kill you. The devil can't wipe you out. So he tries and tries and tries. But he's a failure. He's a failure. He's 
a failure because they're greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You got more power in your pinky than any, any spirit, any unclean spirit, any devil, any demon. You're more powerful than you think you are. You have more authority than you think you do. It's now time today to open up your mouth and prophesy to your dead situation. Society, that situation doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter what it feels like, doesn't matter what it sounds like, doesn't matter what they told you.